Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and we have Ben and Amanda back with us today. Hello. 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 It is a privilege to be here. Absolutely. Great to have y'all back. Glad to be um, the cycle is now complete and we've heard all the voices and now you get to pick and choose who your favorite are. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're been, we've been having a great start to the fall. Our church just opened up in our new building, which we're so thankful for. A little awesome. Little, little details here and there to work out, but uh, moving in the right direction. But how's y'all's weeks been going? Uh, ours has been awesome. My husband has a break from school, mm, so that's beautiful. the most amazing thing I could ask for right now. We are reveling in it. Honeydew list has, you know, grown. There's oh, lots yeah. of things to yeah. check yeah. off. I'm sure he gets yep. done with one work and it's... Yeah. Yes. I feel like yeah. he's the kind of guy that just tackles it, though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Just knocks it, it out. It makes me sick how dedicated yeah. that is, really. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> he's that's great, man. though. Yeah, yeah. Puts me to shame when he shows up at my house. I'm sitting on the couch <laughs> three in the afternoon. He's hiking or playing golf or fly fishing. Yeah, yeah. I've done all of those yeah, things yeah. already. Yes. And I literally so, have yeah. my three-year-old getting me a drink and <laughs> pop- popcorn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's not quite like that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's been good, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, uh, our work is good. Beck and I uh, carved out some time tonight to go on a little date. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we went downtown. Which uh, Where'd you go? It was called The Peddler. Was it good? Peddler, okay. Yeah. We're always looking for new The Peddler Steakhouse. It was really good. Yeah. Hmm. And um, get this. We went to a steakhouse. We had like a delicious sirloin. Wow. A wedge salad, Mm. which, I mean, we're like... We are huge fans of the wedge. It's the laziest salad ever, though. They literally just bring you You do it all yourself. (laughs) Right, right. They like cut a head of lettuce in half or like in like a triangle and sprinkle some stuff on it. It's part of the fun for the wedge, I guess. You're just putting in so much labor. Then we had a a baked potato and an appetizer. And just take a guess at how much we got out paying. How like... Okay, Mm. so you split the steak. You split this? And I'm a 20 percenter. We we split... The entree. At the peddler. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Ah. Uh, we, just take a guess. Closest number, 55. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say like 44. We got out of there 40 flat. Look at that. Yeah. Isn't that great? Impressive. That's I so good to go it. to a steakhouse, yeah. you know, with good reviews and get a delicious steak. You can split food with your spouse. <laughs> I'm not allowed to split food with my spouse. So that yes. would be great. That's really where we save the money, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You split the entree. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful, man. Well, Man and I both came back from life group at our house. Um, we nice. had baked potato bar too. And it yes. was a really good life group night. And our church lives in community together. It's, it's an awesome thing. But we want to talk about the topic as well. We're just not going to talk about our lives the whole time. This podcast, <laughs> if you're tuning in, maybe you're hungry, maybe you're not. Uh <laughs> This podcast is about living life on mission for the glory of God. And we want to tackle some topics that you're dealing with. And what more uh, of a problem in our society and, and most likely a real issue in your life than the issue of anger? Mm. So anger is something that we see on a daily basis, oftentimes in our own lives or else mm. in people around us. And we wanted to just look at this from a biblical perspective, take a few different postures from different 
different angles and see what the Bible has to say about it and see how we can, you know, change, how we can use anger, how we can go from there. I would like to start us out today just to really switch it all up. And in a simplistic way, we can just feel anger and see anger and know there's a problem with anger. This has been something that I have personally struggled with my entire life. I, I still struggle with it. It's gotten better for sure. When I look back to the way I was when like my first year of marriage with Julie, like it was bad. Like I didn't think I was an angry person. And then I started living with someone else under the same roof and I'm punching holes in the wall. I'm like breaking shower <laughs> oh, curtains. Yeah, that'll I'm like, test you. What, what is going on? Like I gotta, I gotta get a handle on this. Yeah. Um, and it's still something, I mean, even, even today I, I had, I had a conversation with someone and it didn't go well. So I, I feel like this is a very sensitive topic for me and this is a very personal topic for me, but I want to look at what the Bible says about it. And in the Bible, we see God's wrath and his anger over sin. We see Jesus Christ having outrage and anger. He overturned those tables. He made a whip. We see all that. And at the same time, we see this other side of it when, okay, so that's one part where, okay, anger has to be somewhat good, right? Because mm-hmm. God has anger over sin. Mm-hmm. And then the other side we see, and it's really ugly. Um, it's the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. It's in direct opposition to love, joy, peace, self-control, patience. So when you study history too, you see that this is something that is just laced throughout all of history. It's always been there. And I was reading up on this this weekend and I came across a really interesting article from The Atlantic. And the title of this article was The Real Roots of American Rage, the untold story of how anger became the dominant emotion in our politics and personal mm-hmm. lives and what we can do about it. Wow. It was a really long read. Yeah. It, was, it was intriguing. Like a lot of detail, like the couple parts I skimmed, but like a lot of history in there. It was a really cool article. It talked about how in early 2016, so this was the election season had just started and the Republican field was really crowded. Governor Nikki Haley of South Carolina uh, giving the Republican rebuttal to President Barack Obama's final State of the Union address. Uh, she took a subtle jab at one of her party's candidates Uh, what many would call the clownish figure that the establishment hoped to marginalize. And she said, during anxious times, it can be tempting to follow the siren call of the angriest voices. We must resist that temptation. That's what Haley said. And she also said, some people think that you have to be the loudest voice in the room to make a difference. And that's just not true. So right after that happened, she made, it sounds great, right? Like you can see how she would have said that. Right after that happened, reporters like swarmed who you're probably thinking of, the to be elected president, uh, Donald Trump. And but at the time, you know, he was like this underdog. Nobody thought he was right. gonna even last in the race. And they all asked him like how he felt about such a public renunciation. And his quote was, Well, I think she's right. I am angry. I'm angry and a lot of other people are angry too at how incompetent our country is being run. And he, and he finished with saying, as far as I'm concerned, anger is okay. Anger and energy is what this country needs. So he said that, yeah. you know, a lot of people were like, oh yeah, he's going to be gone 
the next yeah. day. Yeah. Like you can't say that. Exactly. <laughs> but there was a there was a guy who's done a lot of studies on anger. His name's James Averill. And this guy is a psychologist. He's done tons of studies. And he actually, he, he was a person who was quoted in this article. He said when he heard Donald Trump say that, he thought this guy understands anger and it's he, he's going to make voters feel really wonderful with the way he uses anger on the on the campaign trail. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, things shook out the way they did. And yeah. I mean, here we are like three, four years later. Um Many of the nation's most contentious issues are driven by a feeling that our institutions have failed us. And historically, this feeling has even been at the root of some of America's most important movements for change. And this article ends by quoting Martin Luther King Jr. Mm, so testify. Be, yeah, yeah. This is at Carnegie Hall in February of 1968, so just a few months before he was assassinated, where he told people, it's not enough for people to be angry. The supreme task is to organize and unite people so that their anger becomes a transforming force. Yeah. And that's that and when you think about it like wow, how many things have happened because people get angry about an injustice and they rally around that and they change and they they cry for a change for good. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. As Christians, well, we fully acknowledge that 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 is a reality. Um, anger can be a good a good trait. At the same time, as I mentioned, this podcast is about living your life on mission for the glory of God. So let's kind of look at the other side that is totally countercultural because we live in a world where people are angry all the time. And if you watch cable news, everybody's angry. Everybody's shouting just to prove their points. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, today this makes me think of parliament too. Yeah. You know, and the whole like using, bringing up politics here. Because isn't it like when they meet, isn't it like a free for all? Yeah, I believe like throwing so. stuff at each other. <laughs> right. I think I've heard stories of them actually like decking other party members on yeah. the like on the main floor oh in, in Parliament. So it's nuts. Isn't I guess it? this is how the world's run. Yeah, I mean, and you go back to American history in the 1800s. I know there was like a senator who like came to death another another person. Like, I mean, it's always been around. Yeah. I mean, I was in life group tonight. I already mentioned that, and and one of the guys was talking about how at his job, like everything is done by anger. Like nobody mm. gets the job done so unless hard. you're just yelling at someone. So we, a lot of us deal with this every single day. And in a sea of hostility, we as Christians can be a beacon of hope that refuses to be driven by anger and is rather driven by love. But what do we have to do on our end to get rid of that anger in our own personal lives? Well, this is where I would finally turn to scripture. Ephesians 4. Verse 22 and verse 22 all the way through verse 32 actually have a lot to say about this because this is the passage that's about putting off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through its deceitful desires. And then verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So verse 26 there in that passage, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Mm -hmm. Skipping down to verse 31, because there's a lot of other good things in there, but to really hone in on on the anger portions here. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And then it closes out the chapter be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. 
So some really quick takeaways, and y'all may have some thoughts on these too. Um, but the first thing I see there is be angry and do not sin. So there is a version of anger is just implied there that is not sinful. Like yeah. we just talked about, yeah. we have to realize we're not just going to be simplistic and just anger bad. It's all good. You know, like there is a version that is, is not sinful. Sin is the opposite of God's character and God hates sin. So when we hate our sin and fight against sin, that kind of anger is a good thing. And we have to understand that. But at the same time, do not let the sun go down upon your anger or your wrath. So this is a really good, just a super good practical takeaway. Like even if you're angry over over someone else's injustice, you can't get so wrapped up in that that it stirs your emotions to the point where you're going to bed and you're still you're still angry. Yeah. Or you're having an argument with your spouse or with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you take that all the way to the end of the night and you don't get it resolved. Like what's going to happen? Like, could you you all want to just chime in from experience here? What happens when, when we do that, when we don't resolve those conflicts and we actually go to bed angry? Like what is that? What kind of effect does that have on us? I mean, I, when you were talking about, um, before like having a little bit of a, an, a righteous anger, I guess, in that sense. I mean, I, I have a, a friend who's always on Facebook, and she she has a good cause that she mm. is behind. Mm-hmm. But every post that she posts is so angry, and she professes <laughs> yeah. to be a Christian. And I'm like, girl, I, I believe in what you're saying, but the way you're presenting it is yep. turning people off left and right. Sure. And and there's just, like you said, in your anger, do not sin. And mm-hmm. I feel like she's going to bed mad about, you know, yeah. like what? Because she's talking about like every day, Waking right? up, posting that thing first thing in the morning, you know, and I'm like, girl, you got to just, yeah. Let <laughs> she's that. posting at 1030 at night and, and then, yeah. Then six yeah. o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Oh, I mean, just, just really though, I mean, when your calls can be good, but like you said, if, if it, Call, if your anger causes you to sin in that or turn people away from the gospel, mm-hmm. then it's not doing, mm-hmm. it's not being beneficial at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that verse too, it, yeah, it's like a double edged sword where it definitely operates as like a super practical tip here. Like, mm-hmm. don't fall asleep mad or, you know, with some relational, you know, ends not, not mm-hmm. having connected, you know, um, get that right. But I think it also means too, like, you know, when you go to bed, you lay your head in your pillow, you you want to look back at the day, you put in a whole day's work, you gave yourself mm-hmm. to the glory mm-hmm. of God, and you can close your eyes in good conscience mm-hmm. and get that good, you know, deep sleep yeah. is what we crave. So I think there's also a side to it where it's like, don't, don't settle in that anger. Mm-hmm. Don't settle. So yeah, practically in relationships, but then you know, and some people just let whatever this lady, it sounds like yes. guy, whoever this person is, that they're mm-hmm. just consumed with this thing. And yes. like, you know, mm-hmm. when exactly. they lay their head down in bed, they're still just like thinking about this thing and they're going to wake up and they're going to start and go right back at it again. And it's yeah. completely un, they're completely settled. They've almost given themselves over to that emotion and it's running them, uh, but they've let the sun go down on. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the stress is just going to eat away at you. Like the last thing, I mean, practically speaking that I see here, put it away and replace it. It is a decision. And this is where, you know, people who struggle, some people struggle more than others with this. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's really a besetting sin that it's just hard to get victory over. But just like any sin, just like any addiction or or shortcoming, like Mm -hmm. when the Bible says you can actually put it off and put it on, that means you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we have to run to. 
in this. It is something that you can change through Christ. And last, last like thought I had on this, it comes from Numbers 20. Um, and this is a really biblical example of someone who is angry. Moses, he lost his temper at the children of Israel. And when you, and when you really look at what was going on there, the children of Israel were constantly complaining like that would wear on anyone. Like, yeah, my kids constantly complaining. Yeah. <laughs> on me. I know. They're not the whole nation. So. Exactly. I got these two little boys in my house too, the same thing. And you're just like, it's really easy to get angry. Um, so you look at Moses' outburst of anger and, and, and God really reprimanded him. Like there was a discipline there for Moses for what he did. And at first glance, it looks like harsh, right? Like, wow, God really just for that one outburst. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done that a hundred times, but you go to, (laughs) you go to the new Testament and you see in first Corinthians that there was a lot more going on there for one thing, that rock that Moses was supposed to speak to that instead he hit with his rod twice. That rock actually represented Christ and that rock God was going to miraculously give water, a source of life Mm -hmm. out of that rock. And it was going to be a picture and it is a picture of Christ who is who gives us eternal life and living water. And Moses struck the rock, which was Christ. But out of God's grace, God still gave the water. And I just love that picture of God's grace. Like, here it is. Definitely. Like, man messes up the analogy. Yeah. Like, yep. we blow yeah. it. But God's grace is greater. And he, and he still, in the midst of that anger, God still provided what they needed. And in Numbers 20... Verse 12, we actually are told what was behind Moses' outburst of anger. God says it was a lack of faith. Rather than fully trusting God to handle the situation, Mm -hmm. Moses took matters into his own hands. Mm -hmm. And when we try to fix situations ourselves rather than trust God to fix them, we are also prone to becoming angry. And why would we get angry? It's because in reality, we aren't capable of fixing much of anything on our own. Like we can fix things on the surface for sure, but really to change the heart, we can't do that. So frustration is bound to ensue when we take matters into our own hands, even if our goals are worthy goals. The wife who prays for her husband to become a spiritual leader can somewhere along the way take matters into her own hands and become frustrated and figuratively strike the rock when our kids don't listen and disregard our advice it's easy to strike the rock but the the common theme there when you trace it back is we aren't trusting god to fully solve the problem we're just trying to solve it ourselves and i think that's where a lot of anger yeah. yeah, it's where a lot of anger It's such a simple from. truth, but it really, this whole anger thing can be boiled down to that. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, at the end of the day, you're, you don't trust God enough. You don't yeah. trust God that he's actually in control of this seemingly small thing in our lives or large thing or whatever it is. Yeah. What, a, what a powerful picture when we don't, when we you know we respond in that anger that we're striking the rock, which is Christ, because in that sin, that it, it's an affront to God. And shoo, that's a mm-hmm. convicting convicting image there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when we literally just say, all right, I'm, I am going to ultimately trust God to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. Like I can't fully change it, God, but God can. That's when we're actually going to give it over to him. That's going to be a motivating factor to allow us to not get angry. And we'll just become a person who's actually living out that, that peace, that joy, 
at self-control because we've, we're relying on God, not necessarily ourselves. To be honest, I struggled a little bit right in this posture because I, um, for those of you who know the Enneagram, I'm a nine. I'm a peacemaker. Yeah. So I don't really consider myself (laughs) to be an angry person. I kind of take pride in keeping the peace all the time. (laughs) Um, And for anybody that knows my husband and I very well, he's more the one that, you know, we give a hard time about because he's more the quick to anger, you know, Uh um, the one in the relationship. He's an eight, right? He's an eight. Yeah. 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 So it's a challenger. Last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I mean, I, I just, I kept thinking about it and I'm, I was like, okay, God, you know, what, what do you want me to say? I, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm angry. I don't really know where to come from on this. And I looked at a few different, I kind of touched on righteous anger too, as I was trying to prepare, mm-hmm. but ultimately I just prayed about it and sat down yesterday morning and God kind of revealed a lot to me about ways that I struggle with anger that I didn't even realize. Mm. Um, I think it's very easy to see outward expressions of anger. You know, let's yeah. up cuss words when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Um, <laughs> you know, yelling during an argument or, you know, sometimes if it escalates bad enough, throwing objects or hitting things. <laughs> Seen a little yeah, bit of that, yeah. actually. Uh, my husband and I worked together when we were 16 at a restaurant. And um, one of our friends worked there as well. And him and his girlfriend were just crazy. They were one of those crazy couples. And one night, they, got, <laughs> they had gotten in a fight before work. And he came in, and we had those big you know, metal refrigerators. And he just hauled off and punched it. Man. <laughs> and... He broke, I think, two of his fingers. Oh, my word. And I remember him wrapping it up. And then in between tables, he would come his bucket of ice that they they (laughs) made him. He would just come and dunk his hand for a little bit in the back. And then he would, when it was time to take his food out, grab his tray and take it out. It sounds like it should be like a TV show. The love (laughs) triangle of of, of the high school. Any any guy in love has punched something. It's just what you do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. but I mean, you know, when you think of, when I think of anger, I think when a lot of people think of anger, that's what you think of, you know, those more mm-hmm. volatile expressions. Um, but what God really revealed to me was the silent forms of anger that we often overlook. And that's the anger that can lie hidden in our hearts. Mm. And I honestly think that can be the worst kind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um I know that I don't personally tend to have explosive expressions of anger as my first response. Um, but I'm more the type of person to repress my feelings. So, for example, say I get in an argument with my spouse, and while he may be angry or yell, or as he likes to call it, exclaiming loudly. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, babe. He read this. He knows I'm giving him a hard time. (laughs) Um, He's he's over it very quickly, and and he's able to move on, and he can actually apologize really quickly, which is something I love about him. You know, he's very quick to say sorry. Um, whereas I may not say much during an argument, but I'll hold on to those hurt or upset feelings for the rest of the day, and it will affect everything that I say and do. Uh, mm. And a lot of times I'll let my pride get in the way of offering up an apology. Mm. And I've really been convicted to that, and I'm, I'm praying through that. But um, Proverbs twenty nine eleven says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps it in check. Mm. And I used to immediately think of those people that fully vent their anger externally. And I would consider myself to be, you know, somebody who keeps their anger in check. I'm so I'm a peacemaker. I'm, you know, so holy, <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah. 
But God convicted me that a full vent doesn't necessarily mean an outward expression. A full vent can be letting that irritation or indignation seep into your heart and into your mind and cause you to become callous and bitter. I have like an injection. An injection, yep. exactly. <laughs> like we talked about in the beside, behind the scenes. There. <laughs> Slowly gets you. It does. Yeah. And I mean, I have friends, and I think we probably all know somebody that have strained relationships because of unresolved conflicts on both sides. And I know that without Jesus working a miracle in, in this situation, that their relationships will never be fully restored because of that anger and resentment that they are unwilling to let go of. Mm. I know that a lot of times I perceive anger as this immediate response to a situation. You know, somebody's offended me or inconvenienced me, and I have just this immediate response and anger. And while that's one expression of anger, all too often I feel that we can have these whole areas in our lives where we, at first the situation was an inconvenience, but, you know, maybe not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like your spouse didn't do something you asked them to, or your coworkers slack it on the job, so you're having to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, your friend left you out of plans they made. And, you know, while all those things are frustrating, you let it go. Um, but the more often it happens, so maybe that spouse isn't helping up with the kids as much as you would like, and you start to feel burdened. Starts to build up. Exactly. Your friend doesn't call you back and just doesn't seem to care about what you're going through. And mm-hmm. your boss isn't noticing all the hard work you're putting into the job, and you begin to feel underappreciated. And the more that builds... You know, the more we reach this point where either we finally burst and all these pent-up emotions come out in a very destructive fashion, or it just hardens our hearts and we become Mm. jaded. Mm. You know, and I I believe the relationships in our lives will suffer greatly because of our anger that we have allowed to cause us to sin. I touched on Ephesians 2, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, you know, in your anger, like you were saying, David, do not sin and do not let the sun go down while you were so angry. Yeah. That's a really good point that 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 makes people jaded. You see people who are just somber. They don't. They don't. They're kind of lifeless. They're yeah. They're joyful, joyless. Like a lot of times, that is because they have this pent up rage yeah. that they're that they're not releasing at all, and that's just is destructive, a form of anger. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I have a a friend and every she perceives every comment or something as and she just takes it in a way where the person is is thinking bad about her mm-hmm. and it's because that's kind of what she's heard her whole entire life and so now she just has this whole negative outlook mm-hmm. and it breaks my heart mm-hmm. but it's just it's just something she won't refuses to let mm-hmm. go of right and I think that unchecked anger will cause us to sin and that sin will give Satan that access to our hearts and minds yeah, that's another point there from from Ephesians four, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like, yep. um, giving an opportunity to the devil, verse twenty seven. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, when we allow anger to control our thoughts and our actions, we will only cause harm to those around us and to ourselves. But when we respond to anger by turning to God, you know, He can and He will use that situation for His glory and for our good. I think um, when you when you look at anger, especially if you just do like a quick Google search, you know you could literally read for days, years that stuff ha- people have on on anger. But I saw, and this is these are some thoughts. People want to see tips for anger. Mm-hmm. So maybe did you guys run across any handy tips for 
Uh, I didn't personally. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they were there. I just wasn't really looking No, but if that. you have any, I'll pass them along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> well, Hit maybe me. you guys can just add it from like what you try to do. And, you know, when you are, you are confronted with, you know, as David alluded to this decision to get fired up or not, mm-hmm. I found that once you start digging into this, you'll see, you'll run into this one twentieth of a second reaction time thing. So oh. someone can literally go from zero to crazy in a one mm-hmm. twentieth of a second. Wow. This just spikes, takes off. I'm angry mm-hmm. about something. I can't believe, you know. Right. And yeah, like we've been talking about, that's when the, the car ride gets a little louder, gets yes. a lot more colorful. <laughs> yeah. That's when home life gets a little more dangerous, you know, things <laughs> like that. But <clears throat> there's actually this resource I ran into and I don't, I would not consider this a full endorsement, but you can go to goodanger.com, hmm. and it's actually this couple that wrote a book called what's good about anger. And they actually talk about some of the positive ways, the constructive ways to use our anger. And it was actually pretty, it was pretty interesting. So I'd say it's mm-hmm. worth a look. I, like I said, I, I'm not a professional in what they, mm-hmm. what I'm saying now or definitely what yeah. they're saying. Um, <laughs> but it seemed to be helpful. And they had some tips. Like one of them is, it sounds goofy, but the deep breath thing, the diaphragmatic breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually something <clears throat> in taking, inhaling deeply that actually sends messages to your brain, that part of the brain where your anger is. So there's hmm. actually like a, you know, there's some science behind this, a connection between taping, taking deep breaths, nice. um, you know, inhaling for 10 seconds, exhaling for five, at least something like that. Hmm. Um, so that's one of those things I, I read it. I came across another person who said to help with anger. And once again, we're going to, I think, hopefully, I think we're hitting on like the heart of the issue. These are right. all like, this is not the heart. This is the facade. This is the expression of it, not the root, not the, the yeah. core. Right. Um, once one lady said, you count down from five. And what that does is that actually allows the front frontal lobe of the brain to override. Hmm. Um, and it kind of like takes a little pressure off of that that place where anger uh, rests. So just counting down from five, you know, she even does that. She said it's even useful for just doing anything difficult that you don't want to do. And she says she does like every day in her life. She's like a conversation I don't want to have. I just count down from five and then I do it. Wow. So I'm working out before I do that next set. Count down from five. Exactly. Count down from five (laughs) and then you go do it. But I just like the word lobe. Frontal lobe. (laughs) Hey babe, (laughs) bring me those lobes. (laughs) Uh, I honestly don't know if there's any other context other than the brain where we use that word. Lobe. No, probably not. I think so. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> if you know of any listeners, yes. leave in the comment section. There you go. Leave. Yes. <laughs> Good call. What context do we use the word lobe? <laughs> Have um, you used it today? <laughs> so anyways, those are just some thoughts before I actually kind of got into my posture, but a quick look at anger here. There was a, a couple of years ago, I ran into this. Uh, I don't know if it was a sermon or article by Tim Keller. I mentioned him last time. I think I was... <laughs> saying uh, Christians should be careful of the names they throw out in one-upping each other. I even <laughs> used Tim Keller, so here I am doing that thing. But um, <laughs> it, it just it struck me in a huge way uh, what he says here. He says that <clears throat> anger is energy aroused in defense of something good and released against something evil. Um, Jonathan mm-hmm. Parnell, he's from Des- uh, DesiringGod.com. He says about anger, it is our response to whatever endangers something we love. And that really, hmm. man, it really uh, just hit me as like a really helpful definition of, mm-hmm. of anger. So um, this idea of anger, I love the definition mainly because it's built into it really not like a right or wrong there. So what's 
right or wrong is the person that the anger is housed in and how they're how they're using it. Uh, what are their motives? What are uh, what are their desires? How are they taking this anger, this this like this ball of you know energy that's just like teeming with power, and how are they using it? And that actually is a good point. Ang- anger is dangerously powerful. When it's abused, it can destroy everything. It really can. Uh, it can destroy your body. Uh, there are long-term effects of anger. Um, it increases your anxiety, obviously high blood pressure, headaches. There's just a, a very negative response that the body has on anger. Uh, what about our spiritual body, though? Uh, same thing. Our spiritual body, the Christian community, is um, is is hurt, is damaged by other people's anger. Uh, our family, our relationships, mm-hmm. obviously um, thrown in there as well. This can be very uh, detrimental to the health of our relationships, even our closest ones. Uh, and I think it even it's even detrimental to our decision-making process. Um, and some of this is, is repeat from a couple seasons ago. So this isn't, uh, some of you guys may have heard that, but we have increased our audience. Oh yeah. Yeah. Keep, so keep it I rolling. Want, I want, I, uh, this was stuff. just, it really changed me. I really hope there's someone out there that needs to hear this, mm-hmm. um, about anger. Uh, and, and I just hope this helps, but I did have a friend who he literally got blinded by his rage. I actually helped him clean his apartment after one of these, episodes of Mm. rage that he had and it was crazy there was literally a broken window he ripped the ceiling fan out of the ceiling there were broken um plates cups it was like dangerous there was glass everywhere uh i did cut myself just trying to you know but he was he literally went into this like rage coma Mm. and in hindsight it might have actually been a diabetic coma or not exactly sure but (laughs) (laughs) he went into this rage monster and uh it blinded him so Anger, when it's improperly employed, can be really a scary thing, can be really dangerous, really hurtful. But I think it's good for us to see that it is essentially good. Hmm. Uh, When it's expressed properly, it is positively powerful. Hmm. Uh, when When it's motivated by the right things, it's godly. I think Charles Stanley, I think Charles Stanley is the one that said, Anger should be. Anger is biblical. Anger is uh, spirit-controlled when it is used at the right time, in the right way, mm. at the right things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, anyways, go back to Tim Keller. He says that there are really two ways, two ways to control uh, or two approaches to anger. And one of them is to control it, and the other would be to ventilate it, like mm-hmm. uh, what Amanda was talking about, <clears throat> whether mm-hmm. internal mm-hmm. ventilation or I am, you know, I am pouring this out of my mouth and that kind of, of venting it. Um, but the Bible really gives us an alternative answer to that. And as Christians, we. We do think, though, we do believe that we shouldn't be the ones that were so angry we control it. Um, you know, we bottle it up inside. We tend to control it. I think that's our first go-to. You know, I don't want to be an angry person, so I'm just going to, like, hide this. Or I'm going to yeah. pretend, pretend like I don't have it or it's not really here. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm going to, you know, suppress it as a means of controlling it or whatever it is. That, like, uh, smile and wave kind of attitude, even yeah, though I'm raging just inside. Just thinking that. Yeah. 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 been at church, you know, and your son's like, I, uh-huh. I don't like you very much right now, waving, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the things that we say through our, our fake smile and our, yeah. our gritted teeth. <laughs> why, why is she wearing that? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's great. Um, and then as far as venting go, that's not the right option either. You know, you're kind of the person that is always like, well, I just say it how it is. 
or I've just really got to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, or you really need to know this about yourself. The people that are just volunteering and get this, like their thoughts or their yes. emotion out and they're just, you know, mm. um, those kind of people also need to reevaluate the way they handle anger. Uh, and that's probably the one that does the most damage mm-hmm. externally is venting it. Um, it does immediate damage. It doesn't mean it's always irreparable. Right. But that's mm-hmm. the one that does the most immediate damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the same sense, anger, when it's used properly, can be positively uh, powerful. And it's actually, it's only, it's sometimes a command. We see Jesus angry on multiple occasions. We see God uh, angry. We see the wrath of God like laced throughout scripture. But when it comes to the Bible's perspective, and I won't get into this, but uh, I think that the story of Jonah really has, it gives us a lot uh, into the heart of, of God's anger and the right kind of anger that we have. And essentially in a nutshell, we should be as Christians slow to anger. And that allows us the time to think through, is this the right time? Is this mm. the right way? Is this the right thing for my anger to be directed at? Mm. So we are slow to anger. I'm so glad you said that because that's where you, you see that description of God all the time, that he's slow to anger. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly in the in Jonah where Jonah gets mad at God and he responds to him. He says, oh, I knew you would do this, God. I knew you would spare the Ninevites. Mm-hmm. And I knew that you were rich in mercy. And I knew that you were relenting. And I knew that you were slow to anger. Mm-hmm. And he, like in his own anger, he reveals to us this beautiful picture of God who is slow mm-hmm. to anger. And it's, it's, just, it's a beautiful thing. And that's the perfect picture of, of anger. It's perfect and it's uncorrupted. And it's just ours gets messed up because we're not perfect and we are corrupt <laughs> by sin. And so it so easily gets polluted and uh, we mouth off, we say something stupid. Uh, we have, you know, foot and mouth disease <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it can just spiral down quickly. Uh, but I did want to kind of close, close with this thought that if anger is, you know, if we took this definition of anger is energy aroused in defense of something good and released against something evil, what does that say about God then? And what what about us uh, before that holy God? So when God feels his his children, that his own are threatened, he gets angry. Mm-hmm. And when he gets when he feels his holiness, his reverence threatened, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he gets pretty worked up. Uh, and when he feels something he loves being threatened, he he really gets. Uh, upset, but that really should comfort us mm-hmm. because that is his his energy. And I don't mean that in a mystical definition, <laughs> uh, very maybe even literal at times. Yeah. But yeah. God's energy is unleashed at sin, the devil, at death mm-hmm. because he's guarding, he's he's protecting something that he loves. And that's mm-hmm. that's us we are the ones that he loves so much that he gets angry at the things that, you know, threaten, threaten his own children. Um, and that's, that's amazing. And that's like, as a dad and as a mom, like there are so many things that we can have righteous indignation over when it comes to, you know, even our own family. If someone broke into my house, you better believe that I'm going to get worked up about it because I love the things that are inside that house. I love the little people that are in there and my wife. Uh, So I'm going to employ some righteous indignation. Mm -hmm. Like, 
What mm-hmm. in tarnation are you doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. Like when you think about it in that sense, it's a reaction to what we love. If we're getting, what are you getting angry about? Right? Like that is a really good heart indicator. Yeah. Like if I'm getting angry over my sports team that didn't perform well. And I mean, maybe I love them a little bit too much. And maybe that's, maybe that needs to be adjusted. Yeah. Like just go down the list of what are we really getting yeah. angry about? That's, that's, help, that's helpful. That's exactly. I read a, an article about righteous anger, and one of the points was how to know if it's righteous anger or not is is what's making me angry a perceived sin against me? Like, do I feel like somebody insulted my pride? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, is it about me? Or is it a, if it's righteous anger, it'll be what makes me angry is a sin against God. Yeah. And that was the way to yeah. really know what the difference is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, mm-hmm. that just kind of hit me because there's lots of things that I get angry about that aren't necessarily sins <laughs> yeah. to God, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's a good tip. There you go. And mm-hmm. helping, you know, so you didn't have any tips. That's a great tip. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of, it's a, it's a self check. Like, okay, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. What, what inside of me is being told? No. What's yeah. right. Is this Did person I, cutting me off yeah. an actual sin to God or is it just an inconvenience to my day? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think in the Bible we see anger employed in a righteous way when we're protecting others. Right. Mm-hmm. When we're protecting or we're employing this on behalf of an injustice exactly. or ideals, like principles. Exactly. Those are things that, you know, and you look around in the world we live in now, there are so many, it's almost like this world gives us so many things to get righteously angry at. Exactly. Like abortion, we should be irate at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. that is like something that we as Christians should get upset about. And God is not going to be like, mm, man, cage that. Yeah. Right. You exactly. know, he's like, he's like, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> These yeah. are babies in my image. You're right. Yeah. Um, abortion, child slavery, any kind of slavery. These things yeah we should yeah we should be upset about that um but yeah anyways those are just some quick thoughts on anger yeah no that was, Thanks, that was really good thank you yeah it was so good and thank you amanda that was great stuff yeah this is helpful i know it's all of us it <sighs> does it really does so i hope this has been helpful for all of you next week anna and jeremy will be joining the docs of dialogue to talk about anxiety but good. thanks again to everyone thank you for listening amanda ben this was so helpful Our question of the week that we'll put on Instagram, what are some helpful tips that you have found to help fight against anger in your own personal life? We'd love to hear that from you. That's doxa underscore dialogue. And you can also talk back to us at our website, doxaupstate.church. Thanks again for listening. You are loved. See you guys. Take care. Take care.